Episode 111 of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, in which Andrew Griffiths and I get stuck into some very funny business. Welcome to the Small Business Big Marketing Show, where successful small business owners share their secrets to take your marketing to the next level. Now, here's your host, Tim Reid. G'day everyone and welcome back to Australia's number one marketing show. I'm your host, Timbo Reid. You are a motivated small business owner and we are brought to you by the very good folk at Net Registry, where one in three Australian domain names are registered. Now, big show. Today is episode, hmm, what is it, 111 of the show but it's also episode four of Funny Business. Now, if you haven't listened to a Funny Business episode previously, that is when Andrew Griffiths and I get together and throw around a few business issues that are on our collective minds. Andrew Griffiths is Australia's number one small business author. He's written 11 books. He's got plenty to say. I struggle to get a word in. But today, in this episode, we are going to cover quite a bit. Here's what we've got in store for you. We're going to talk about what planning we both do or should do for each of our businesses. We are going to talk about how to get a little creative when it comes to saying thank you to your clients. We are also going to share top your our top three public speaking tips and discuss what we are too scared to try doing in our businesses. Hey, we come clean. This is all about transparency. Insert spooky music right there, I reckon, because there are things we're both scared about and we want to share them with you in the hope, and all that is in the hope that you and your business grow. Now, as I said, we're brought to you by Net Registry, and they are the number one uh, place for registering domain names in Australia, but so much more. They're basically the place to get your online marketing sorted. They've got an exclusive listener package called the Website Refresh, where you get a complimentary one-on-one review of your website if it's feeling a bit tired and in need of improvement. They then make recommendations, they give you a quote, and they give you, the SBBM listener, 50% off their hourly fix-it rate. So why don't you go over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and click on the banner on the right-hand side, the net registry banner, and that will take you to that page, that package, and you'll get a whole lot of free eBooks there as well for your marketing pleasure. Now, let's get over to the Funny Business Studio where... I start by asking Griffo what three things he couldn't do without in his business. Now, Griffo, mm, three, yes. thing, three things you couldn't do without in your business. Let's go, yeah. one, let's go one for one. All right. Well, you start. What's All the right, first mate. thing you couldn't do without? Well, mate? I'll start with, it's, it, well, it's the obvious one, but I, I, I couldn't do it without my MacBook. <laughs> you know, and and I'll be specific. It is a MacBook, not not a P, not just any old PC. Nothing yeah. on the dark side. The my Apple MacBook Pro, and um, I you know I love it. I love it. I love its intuitiveness. I love the fact that n- nothing ever goes wrong. And mate, I've I've coined a new term. It's called right. it's called marketing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll tell you why. Um, when, when I first thought about thought, yeah, I'm being funny here, but um, you know, um, I. During this roadshow, talking to all these financial planners, I said, "Here's the thing, guys: go and spend out your thousand, twelve hundred bucks 
buy a MacBook Pro, put it in the corner, and that is your marketing machine, right? Because there's, it's so easy to do marketing on a MacBook. There are so many great bits of software that, that are Mac that, that are Mac friendly. It comes with, you know, for example, Photo Booth, which is the simplest way to do video marketing. Um, stuff like that. So, so marketing right. is the new yep. black, mate. Mate, look, I, I'm I'm I've never used a PC in my life. I've never I just was one of those people who always used Macs, and you know I'm I'm part of the clan. I'm part of the the the, the cult. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm yeah, part yeah. of it as well. But I I agree with you completely. Having your great MacBook Pro is an idea. I've got Macs everywhere, and uh, and I'm a big fan as well. Now, my first thing is the thing one thing I couldn't do without in my business is my library. Uh, I have. Literally thousands of books that I my place looks like. Um, this is what the Amazon warehouse probably looks like. <laughs> yeah. And I, I use my books. They are all nonfiction. They're all business, personal development on all ranges of topics. And I use it a lot. Whenever I'm preparing for presentation, talking to clients, doing stuff like our show, even I'm I'm grabbing books. I'm doing a radio interview. I'm I'm flicking through the library, and I get a lot of great ideas. I'm feeling a bit flat or a bit down, you know, pick yep. up a book on that's going to inspire me, read an old classic. Um, my library is everything. Griff, uh, are they, the, they, they categorised? Have, have you gone through? Absolutely. Oh, wow. Uh, Hang on. Let uh, me, let me no, don't tell me. <laughs> now, what are we talking here? Are we talking alphabetically by author's surname? Are we talking by title, by topic? I'm going to guess, oh, geez, I don't know. Uh, I'll go alphabetically by author's surname. No, nothing that dull and boring. They're by category, and I actually paid a lady to come in and spend two <laughs> weeks to go through, and uh, a dear friend of mine, actually, Stacey, came in and she she had to write, had to give each book its own assigned number, had to categorise them. We worked together and came up with the categories. I think better in terms of, like, customer service category, wow. the public speaking category, the sales category, the marketing category, and then, of course, half of it is the general category. But uh, but it's, it's – it's and I've also got them all indexed on my own spreadsheets and things like that, so when I'm looking for a book, I know how to actually wow. find it, um, where it there, is. So. There is um, – I think there is an iPhone app, and don't ask me what it's called or how to find it, but I'm sure it allows you to scan a book, uh, the, the I, what is it, the ISBN number, uh, yep. it then puts all that information into some kind of online category system and, uh, yeah, something. Yeah, undoubtedly, mate. Something undoubtedly, very anal retentive, anally retentive. <laughs> Thank you. All right, what's your second one, buddy? Mate, uh, okay, having been doing a lot of travel of late, I bought myself, now it wasn't the primary reason for buying these, but a pair of airport-friendly shoes. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I know. Yeah, very. Mate, that's called getting older. <laughs> it's, it's, it's up there with stretching pants. Hang on, hang on. They're actually a fashionable shoe. So primary reason for buying the shoe, they look good. Second okay. reason, I get them home and they've got this little tag on it that's got a QR code and it says they're airport friendly, which means they don't beep when you go through the scanner. And and I like that because every, every any time I do beep, it's the shoes I'm wearing. And I you know I, I have stopped wearing the stilettos, but because uh, the buckle was a real problem. But it's the suspenders, mate. It's the suspenders. Off yeah, yeah. The, uh, the metal detector. So my airport friendly shoes, not only comfortable and and highly fashionable, but highly functional. What's your second one? <laughs> uh, my next one is um, keeping the airport theme actually is noise-cancelling headphones. Oh. I, I bought these you won't be able ago. to hear yourself talk. 
Jeez, so, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, spending a lot of time in noisy places on aeroplanes and yep. and uh, even before venues when you're at a venue and, and there's a whole pile of people before you present or even just in a hotel room and you just want to have some quiet time. Uh, I find that noise cancelling headphones keep me sane and they allow me to really focus on what it is I'm working on or yeah, right. just to be able to listen to some music and relax. But I just, uh, yeah, I've always, I don't know, I think I probably had them for the last. 10 years or so and actually just bought a new set. What are we talking, uh, Bose? Uh, yes, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I don't know, it's 300 bucks or 400 bucks. But but if you travel a lot or if you're in and out of noisy places or, you, or you've struggled to focus, their uh, noise-canceling headphones are just the, the, the bee's knee. Yeah, right, uh, okay. Fantastic, mate. So, yeah, so I highly recommend them. Okay, number three for you, Timbo. This is a big one. And, in fact, I think I'm about to get a third. But my, 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 the third thing I couldn't do without is a second screen or a second monitor mm-hmm. at my workstation. Um it just increases your productivity. I don't know how many fold, but the ability to have stuff open and not have to flick between stuff is, is brilliant. And I think a third screen would uh, increase that even more. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I haven't got a second screen, but, uh, oh, but Griffo, I, you've Griffo. convinced me. I've got to get one. I just uh, I don't know if I've got a big enough desk. But well, get, 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 get a big enough desk because I, I can. T- how often are you flicking between stuff? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just used to it. I've just kind of, you know, have a pile of files open. I'm just, I don't know. It's, it doesn't really seem to stress me out. But of course, you don't know what you're missing no, you out until you've actually got it. Of course, so. best 150 bucks you'll ever spend. What's your mm-hmm. third one? Uh, my third one is uh, is a notepad. I, I don't go anywhere without a notepad. Now, whether it be um, even just you know going for a walk or having a coffee or whatever it might be out and about, I always keep my notepad uh, handy. And I do that because I find that when I write, I actually think as well. Mm. I write down ideas. If I see something which I think is relevant, I'm always looking for business ideas. I'm always observing what are people doing well, what are they doing badly. I'm forever writing that stuff down, planning that stuff, adding to my to-do list. Just, just you know, all of those things. Now, I know you can do all of that stuff electronically. Mm. I kind of get that. But I must say, I do like the the feel of being able to write things down. And I keep all my old notebooks, part of my uh, my anal retention, mm, which is, you know, I've probably got 10 years worth of old notebooks. And I'm surprised at how often I do go back through those. Yeah. Uh, you know, often I'll digitize it, I'll scan a page and, you know, put that in the system or whatever the case may be. But I, I really do find just being able to, you know, when you've got a thought or an idea to write it down, because I, you, you lose so many thoughts throughout yeah, the do. space of the day. I, I hate that. And I, and I was starting to go, God, I, I great ideas that I've had and I've just lost them. Uh, and that's why I started using notebooks so many years ago and, and just kind of kept up the habit. Yeah, so. Do you have a favourite pen? I, I find no. that uh, the notebook for me, love it, love writing, but I have a, there's a certain kind of shiver that I get up my spine when I find the perfect pen. <laughs> don't like a felt tip. Yeah, I know, I know. I don't. <laughs> Part of funny business, mate, is just it's transparency. You know that's one of our guiding principles. I love it. I love a medium ballpoint. Yeah, yeah. Well, I must say, I'm looking around at my desk, and I've got eight pens at the moment, and they are Pilot Supergroup medium ballpoints. So be, I, I reckon it. you'd be a bit of a a bit of a mod blanc like myself. Hey, uh, I've got a mod blanc, but you know what? I never use it because I'm always too scared of leaving it behind, <laughs> and it's, I always carry it with me, but I don't use it. And I actually don't find that it writes that well. It doesn't write anywhere near as well as a two dollar pen. But having so, uh, loving brands as you do, just knowing that you've got one, you know, do you feel exactly. as though you've made it? It's security. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and every now and then I, I caught you once. I remember catching you. You didn't know I was listening, but you were saying to some bloke, you, you realise I've got a Mont Blanc, don't you? <laughs> 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 but, you know, put it in your top pocket just so you look the part. That's right. What a diamond one. I, I hang it off my Cartier watch. Uh, I love it. I love it. All right, mate. Now, next, on to yeah. what about planning? Shall we talk about planning yeah, yeah, for your business? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do Sorry. You re- no, that's all right. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. In business we, we, mode today, we mate. I'm keeping up, us on track. We were living up to the name of the show, Funny Business. Enough of that. <laughs> planning. What, what, what do you got about planning, mate? Because this is a big one. I am the world's worst planner. Are you really? See, I don't see that in what you do, Tim. You know, right. everything you do seems to me to be well planned. I look at the show. I mean, you're always, you know, very strategic about what we're doing. Um, yeah. You, you know, your new business, start your own show, you know, have your own show. Get your own show. Get your own show, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me, what's interesting, and it's always, you know, in certain times of the year when there's a bit of a break around, it might be Easter, it might be Christmas, it might be whatever. I, I think it's really great to take time out and have a mini retreat. Even if you're a one-person business, you need to take time out. For me, most people know I live in Cairns. I go across to Green Island and spend a night on Green Island and I use the time, sit on the beach, have a little bit of space and just think about where my business is going, what, you know, I ponder your successes in, in my case and also the things that I didn't do so well that I want to do better as I'm going ahead. Do you, do you, have, a, um, do you have a set format for that? Do you uh, like not, a- Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Not really. Well, the, the format for me is that. What have I done really well, you know, in the last six months or 12 months that I'm really proud of? What are my successes? And then what are the things that I felt that I didn't do as well? And then out of that, then I kind of, I pick a theme for sometimes a year ahead or the next six months or next 12 months. And it might be, well, I want to do less, but I want to do what I do better. It might be I wanted to have more attention to detail. It might mean I want to get better at saying no to the projects I don't want to do or, you know, I want to charge what I'm worth or whatever the theme may be. Is is that a theme, just to understand that, is that theme for you an internal theme to ponder? It's not a theme to position yourself for the coming year in the marketplace, correct? That's exactly right, mate. It's, it's, It's a theme internally, but it becomes my my little voice at the back of my head which is saying okay your theme for this year is to do less and do what you do better okay so hang on you're taking on all these things are you really living up to that theme so it's a little bit of an internal accountability to say okay what you know my theme for the year is this but am I actually doing that Mm. Um, you know I had a year probably six or seven years ago which was my year of incompletes and that was getting rid of all of the, the that huge pile in the corner of stuff that you needed to do that you haven't done and was just incomplete incompletes and then addressing incompletes every week so that I would actually end the week without having incomplete things, emptying the inbox so that yeah. there was no emails at the end of the day, oh, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. You develop really, really good habits. Can, can I just can I just say incompletes weigh you down? They're intangible. Sometimes they're tangible, but more often than not, it's that bloody inbox or it's that unfinished project or it's those calls you haven't returned. And whether they're top of mind or they're somewhere in the subconscious, they bloody slow you down. Mm, a- a- absolutely, and and I, and I think that we all have them. And I, I know in the past, for me, I've had times where my incomplete pile, that little irritating pile that is there of all the stuff that's complicated, that needs a bit of attention. Maybe it's a difficult conversation with someone, or it's you've got it like going. For me, the worst one of all is going to the Department of Motor Transport for registration or licensing. <laughs> 
you know, it's like the the, the zombie graveyard and you yeah, say, right. oh, don't make me go there. Once every five years is more than enough. Right. But it's like, okay, well, I've just got to do it. I may as well do it now. But that huge big pile, and you're right, it weighs you down. When you actually get it done and you go through it, 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 it does feel fantastic. It does. It gives you, uh, it, it absolutely does. When you go, so you go to Green Island by yourself and you yep. have a bit of a, it's a time to reflect and a time to look forward. What, what about, so for me, that, that's a kind of nice thing to do, but I would find having a someone alongside me to kind of a well, bounce ideas off, uh, sounding board, be told, hey, you're on a right track, on the wrong track, have you considered this? Do you do that as well? I do that afterwards. So, so I've got a few few friends of mine who do similar things to what I do, and and once I've kind of worked out what I've done well, you know, the things that I was my successes, the things I haven't done so well, what I want to do is my theme for the coming year and what my priorities are. Once I've got that right in my head, um, that's then when I meet up with uh, with two two particular friends of mine, and they do the same thing, and then we actually have a um, that strategy session where I run through all right. of those things, and we it's a bit of a celebration. It's a bit of a reality check. It's a bit of a picking holes in it. Yep. Um, you know those kind of things. So like mini accountability groups. And uh, and and to me, I I think that's really powerful as well. It got to be people you trust. Got to be people you respect and admire. I think is is the other thing there. But but I do agree with you, mate. I I think it's a wonderful um, opportunity to be able to go. Okay, yep. I've got some ideas, but I want to just stress test those a little bit and see if other people think I'm on the right track or if I, you know, is my head in the clouds? Am I off with the pixies? So. It's interesting. One of the, I mean, as you know, I'm in the process of um, putting together my first deep dive mastermind where I'm bringing together a group of 10 to 15 small business owners. We meet once a week via webinar around the virtual boardroom table and Every single one of them, and I'm doing these discovery calls where, if you want to be part of it, you um, we hook up for ten minutes on on Skype or on mobile, and get a sense of how you think this can help you. And every single one of them is talking about, I need someone to help me um, bounce planning ideas off and mm, get get a, get an independent third party kind of view on what it is I'm doing. So, as small business owners, mate, I think that is 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 mission critical. Mm. Hey, um, why don't we move on? Mm. I like this next topic. I'm going to go to uh, public speaking, our, our oh, top great. three. okay. Because it's something, well, A, you and I do a lot of public mm-hmm. speaking, keynote speaking, presentations, etc. and it's something that everyone's afraid of, uh, everyone, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. what, what, let's let's share our top three public, public speaking tips. Why don't you start? Okay. Oh, yeah, good. And it's a great topic, and I find too, mate, People are being asked to present a lot more often. I mean, I, I do presenters boot camps, you know, where I teach people how to be um, better presenters mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And you know what? I'm amazed at who does these things, who comes along. I get teachers, I get priests that come along, I get doctors, chiropractors, I get personal trainers, I get tourism people, I get um, entertainers, comedians, mm-hmm. cowboy radio people who have to get up and <laughs> And well, say things to when they win awards or uh, can, sports can I, people. Honestly, it blows me away. I look at the, I go through the list and go, really? What are you guys doing here? And everyone is saying the same thing. Oh, you know, I've, I, I get the opportunity to present, or I have to present as part of my job. And I, I don't know. I, I've never had any training. I don't know what to do. Most people haven't, and they just end up 
trying to figure it out as they go. And, and can I just start, add it to that before you share that first tip? Two, two things. Um, it, it, speaking from stage is just a brilliant marketing strategy, and I've spoken Absolutely. about that before on small business marketing and, and I'll, uh, small business big marketing, and, and I'll touch on it again in the future, I'm sure, but it it's powerful. The second thing is... My first 10 years of my working life were in a large advertising agency, and they provided us with lots of training, all different sorts of training. The training, and at that point, I wasn't doing a lot of speaking, a lot of public speaking. I was needing to present in client meetings and present creative ideas and strategy, etc. So I guess in a sense, that's public speaking. But I found the most, looking back, the most effective training that I've ever done in my business career was the yearly public speaking workshop they put us through. And not only did it allow me to speak publicly, but it gave me confidence in all mm. other aspects of my life. Because if you nail if you nail public speaking, there's just, I don't know, there's just kind of many, many positives that come from it. I uh, couldn't agree more. And, and I think we see examples of that all the time. So yeah, fabulous topic. Okay. My, my first tip is, is it to be, I think, a great public speaker uh, in whatever format that is for you, you've got to be a master at doing your homework. And what I mean by doing your homework is you've got to be a master of doing your homework on the venue, uh, knowing where it is, something as simple as that. I, you know, a number of people that turn up to the wrong venue because it's booked in at a mantra hotel and they arrive at a mantra hotel, but there happen to be 15 mantras in that same area, for example. Um, you've got to know the venue. How big is it? How how small is it? How you know? How wide is it? I, I spoke at a venue um, last year, I think it was, and they said, "Oh, there's six hundred people there." Now I imagine quite a wide room, but when I actually got there, it was really deep oh, and long. It's a tunnel. And it went, went back forever. Now I had to quickly change my slides because there's no way the people at the no. right back of the room would have been able to read any of my information. So you need to do your homework ahead of your time. Most venues have a picture of the rooms online, so you can check Absolutely. it out on the, doing that side of things. But I also think your homework has to extend to your audience. You've got to know who you're talking to. So if I'm doing a paid presentation where I'm going on any presentation, really, I always have a briefing session with the event organisers where I'm asking them, tell me about the audience, their demographic, what their problems are, what their challenges are, you know, any of that information that you can have that makes you go in being more prepared. And also I do my own research on the company itself and see what, what are people saying. I do Google searches, check out LinkedIn stuff and see if there's communication happening because I've actually been misled a few times where I've gone to present at an event and they've told me everything's fantastic and the crowd has been quite hostile, which has been really unsettling for me and only to find out there's this major issue that is about to be dealt with and they've asked me to come in and do a, a motivational mm. talk for it and it just looks so fake and contrived and, of course, the audience blame me and it's like, well, phew, yeah. okay, guys, I didn't yeah. happen. So do your homework. Know, know the venue, know the audience, know the company, even know the city where you're presenting. Yeah. If I'm going to present in Bendigo... First thing I'll do when I get to Bendigo is I'll buy the local newspaper, ring the local chamber of commerce. Hey, what's going on around here? I'm in town. Just want a bit of information, a bit of ideas. So, so you're not going in blind. Information is vital to being a great presenter. Could not agree more, mate. And on the topic of venue, uh, one thing I do when I arrive at the venue, and I will have done my research, checked it out online, done all that. I go into that room and I wander around the room. I wander mm-hmm. actually, I wander up and down every row if it's yep. theatre style. I wander around every table if it's ta- if, if it's tables. 
I, uh, in fact, if I want to be completely ridiculous about it, I touch every chair. Now, mm-hmm. this is, uh, yep, to call me weird, but it Genial just... weird. Thank you. Um, did you just call <laughs> me weird? <laughs> it, it, it connects me. It connects me to that space. And then when I am speaking, and I am a bit of a wanderer when I'm on stage, I then, for whatever reason, feel like I feel comfortable in that room. And if I want to wander out into the audience, I feel as though I've been there before. And Absolutely. it gives me a level of comfort. Uh, yeah. in, in doing that. Um, right. So, yep. What about you? Next one? Next one? Okay. And um, the next one is to really be authentic. You know, don't try and impress people with your knowledge. I, I, I Look, I, because I'm presenting all the time, like yourself, mate, we sit in on so many presentations from other people. The ones that, that really don't work uh, are the ones where people are trying too hard. Just be authentic, be real, laugh at yourself, share your own experiences, what you've done well, what you haven't done so well, and and what your learnings are. Through anecdotes, through stories, people really do kind of get that and they relate to that. And a great presenter is always one who who talks from the heart. And uh, it doesn't matter what the topic is. And, and that's the thing that the people, that's why we see such terrible PowerPoints because people think that the data is information and if there's lots of information, you're really going to impress the audience. And the reality is that it's just not true. What's going to impress the audience is you being authentic, you yeah. being able to laugh. And, and let's and, just be clear because authentic authenticity, overused word, uh, it is, but it but is. you can be authentic by prefacing and not every slide, but have a story that backs up what it is you've got to share. So instead of just reporting on a fact, turn it into some kind of story or anecdote or something that's engaging and makes it real. Mm. In Australia, people particularly like self-depreciating humour. That's where you make fun of yourself. Yeah. And, uh, and and you know what? You can never go wrong by making fun of yourself. You can go wrong by making fun of others. Oh yeah, and and that's and that's why it's an interesting point. And you're right. The word authenticity is is overused. But I find just before I go on stage, my whole thing is I, I just get in my own little headspace and I go, you know what? I just want to really help this audience. Oh, I want yeah. to help everyone yeah. in this room. And the best way I can do that is to share what I've learned. I have and that word you- share top of mind. I'm here to share. I'm here to share and I'm here to help. And when you do that, you don't need to impress. You don't need to, you know, the insecurities, oh, my God, what are they going to think of me? It goes out the window when you go, guys, if you want to be helped and you want to do whatever it is you need to be doing better, then hopefully the information I'm going to share is going to help you do that. And and I and I love it. And I've seen so many different people who present, sports people or people who have done incredible things, climb mountains with one mm. arm or, or won these incredible <laughs> endeavours around the place. Doing you look at them. And their stories are just wild, and it's because they're, they're so yeah. real. So yeah. I, I have a line that I often use, Griffo, that I, I stand there and say, I wish and my, my hope is that for every one of you for the next 30 minutes or how long ever I've got with you, that you get, and it might be one cracking idea that you can take back and implement, but it's that I wish for you type mm-hmm. thing. That, Absolutely. You know, um, Love it. Now, mate, mate what's on, your next one? On, on the topic of PowerPoint, uh, once big again, topic. yeah, yeah, big topic. Where do you start? Where do you finish? Um, use it. Go for it. Um, and um, it's a good thing used well. Don't lean on your slides. Don't rely on your slides. Don't turn your back on the audience and read from your slides. Uh, don't just, just PowerPoint is there to make a point. Every PowerPoint slide should have one point. I look at each PowerPoint slide as effectively an ad and a good mm. ad has one take out in it. Um, so don't lean on your slides. Know your material because here's the thing, your whole 
um, your whole nervousness around public speaking dissipates. I'm not saying it disappears. In fact, I don't think it should completely disappear, but it dissipates if you know your stuff. And you shouldn't mm, be speaking absolutely. about something you don't know about. And and if I just get specific, back to my Mac, my Maceting, Use presenter view because um, PowerPoint uh, PowerPoint on Mac. I don't know whether it is on the dark side on PCs as well, but they have a thing called presenter view, which shows you not only the slide that everyone's seeing. You see on your screen the next slide that's coming up. Mm, it gives yep. you how it tells you how long you've been speaking for. You can see your presenter notes. You can. It, it's good. So so know your material. Don't lean on your slides. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 I agree with that that completely. And and I think that the, the way that I explain that to people is, you know, when you're the presenter, you're the main event. You're you're the person that they're there to see. Actually, it's not your slides. Your slides are just a bit of candy dressing to help illustrate the point or to to make a little bit of you know enjoyment or a little bit of laughter or a little bit uh, to to help out. But the reality is that that things go wrong, and I see. I see presenters fall apart at the seams because the the data projector's blown up. <laughs> yeah. And they go, oh, okay, we've just got to stop. I've been to so many events where technical problems have caused a major issue and no one can go on. My view is is if the data projector blows up, my presentation's not going to miss a beat. Mm. I'm mm. still going. I'm organised. I'm prepared. I've got my notes. I know what I'm going to do. Well, and, a, uh, a, you should know your stuff. B, have a printout of your slides so that at least you absolutely. can flick through them and, and keep going. What's your third one, mate? Well, well mind my, my you. Third, my third one's a little bit related to that, and, yeah. and that is don't be overly reliant on technology. One of the things that I really, really struggle with is when I go to go to a, a presentation of some sort and the person's there spending the first 15 minutes of the presentation trying to get an internet connection oh, now, yeah. so that they can show a movie or something like that. Now, I have never been to a hotel room anywhere in the world where there are not you know, internet problems. Mm. And, and people are trying to stream that. Their presentation's 12 gigabytes <laughs> and they're wondering why it can't play. So the audience is sitting there throughout the most thing, most, through most of the event, listening to the presenter apologising about, oh, well, sorry, that didn't work. And uh, now I'm running short on time because I spent 20 minutes trying to get this going. So I can't show you that. So I oh, know there's no information. So they're apologising and they're skipping through everything. I don't, the only video I have on my website is embedded, so I know that I can control it, and even that I don't particularly like, but I plan everything around the fact of what if, what if mm. something goes wrong, what are the worst case scenarios which, which you plan for. Now, I've presented, um, Tim, in some bizarre situations, <laughs> I've had situations, I, I've been presenting to a group of 300 people in a rainforest setting in North Queensland. And there are snakes. I've looked over to the dance floor of this outdoor venue and there's a big dirty python it. coming across the dance floor towards me. Now, this is a rocky, dark little alcove. Do I make an announcement to 300 people? Oh, by the way, folks, there's snakes here. There would have been people killed, you know, trying to escape. These people are all from Sydney. I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. You have to plan for whatever can go wrong. And uh, and that means things like, yes, I, I always have a spare presentation, a copy in a USB stick. I have yep. two, two copies, a USB in my suitcase, USB in my briefcase. Do you carry case. a snake hook, like one of those so, things? Mate, you become a snake wrangler. I've had <laughs> where the lights have gone out in a venue where the person before you has spoken for two hours instead of 15 minutes where, you know, um, the crowd's gone angry where someone's had a heart attack in, in the mm. middle of a presentation. All these kind of crazy things that can go wrong. Uh, I, I really do a pretty strong risk analysis and go, yeah. okay, what are the things that can go wrong? What what are completely out of my hands? 
you know, and what can I do to manage it? And, and honestly, I, I could talk for a day about the bizarre things that I've experienced mm. as a presenter mm. that, that make me a little bit paranoid, I've got I, to say. I reckon and we've spoken about this and maybe we lay the challenge down, but one of the things we do in the coming 6, 12 months is put together um, a little training product on this because this is a massive topic. I mean, oh, goodness me, I mean, <laughs> there is so much. Um, my last point, Griffo, is, and this is a great, this should help people get a great start because you want a great start. When you are speaking, that that, that opening 30 seconds, that opening it, minute. Everything is. It, it is everything. So my advice. Advice, tip number three, spend time crafting an engaging opening and, and, and good quality time. Um, I just came off the, off the back of a road show last week and I was very, very proud of my opening because it, it and the, way, the opening, it, it, was, it was all about asking the, I did two things. Um, I got up there. I didn't rattle on about myself, A, because I'd been introduced. So, like, you know, hate it when speakers rattle. You know, I just want to tell you a little bit, bit about myself. Avoid mm. that at all costs. Secondly, I said, in the spirit of the fact that we've both got a modest amount of time, I've got 90 minutes with you, and the fact that we've all got modest marketing budgets, let's get stuck in and make best use of this time. I then mm. said... I want you to imagine some things. I want you to imagine being an opinion leader in your industry. I want you to imagine creating a marketing campaign that blah, 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 blah. And I took them on this journey of having them imagine where they could be with their marketing. And then at the end of that opening, which went for about 60 seconds, said, righto, I'm going to show you exactly how to do that. Mm, and they were, they were like, wow, Wonderful. bring it on. Yeah, but it, it, it's such a powerful thing, isn't it? Look, if, can I just add one more point mm. to this one as well? Just something for those people who have got nerves, and I know most people who are presenting are terrified. A really, really simple thing. If you're prepared, you've done your homework, you're going to be authentic, you've got great stories, you know, you, you've got a great opening, as Timbo just said. If you're doing that, I'll tell you what, your nerves will be dissipated by at least 50 or 60% because you're organised. But a really great little tip is to arrive early, got to always be there early. And when you people are arriving or having a cup of coffee outside, meet them, talk Love to it. them. Correct. Find a friend. I always find a friend. So in the uh, don't know a soul there, I'll find someone to chat. Yep. And you know what? Part of my opening is always... I was out the front having a cup of coffee just before we started talking to Fred. And Fred said to me, one of the biggest problems in your industry mm. is this. And all of a sudden, you're not an outsider anymore. No, you're, you're part in. of the group. Yep. Fred's chuffed because you're mentioning him. You look at Fred, he's got a big smile on his face, and he becomes your biggest advocate in the room. Yep. If you start to get nervous, you don't want to just talk to Fred for the whole thing, but it just gives you that person in the audience with a big smile on their face who is now your buddy, and they're going to help you get through it. It, it, it really is a great little tip just for overcoming nerves. So it certainly works for me anyway. Griffo, is that your final tip or did you have one more? No, mate. I, I, look, I've got thousands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> My last one would be don't be a princess. I see a lot of presenters there that, you know, they want a, a chimpanzee, giraffe and 18 bottles of Perio water in the uh, in the green room out the back. You know, the, the, I've really tried to build my reputation as a professional presenter by being easygoing. I I'll have to. I've, I've, I've simplified... Cruise. Uh, I've simplified my all I ask for is white uh, white roses, red M and M's, and I'm any ones. <laughs> yeah, that's right, and, and a French poodle. <laughs> Apart from that, you know, you just have very very simple taste. And I understand, but but a lot of people are really difficult and really get stressed. And you know what? Just 
my, my whole view is I'm there to help the people that are attending that have paid to come along or are there for whatever the reason is and uh, and just don't be a princess uh, it, when mate. it comes to being a presenter. One, one, so. one of my uh, tasks over the coming couple of months downtime uh, is to put together my speaker my speaker's website. So um, I'll share cool. that with, with listeners once we've put all that together and show you the list of demands that I, I have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, can right. I give myself an unabashed plug in here? Yeah. My website actually, so I won't wait for you to answer it, I'll just yeah, do yeah. it, um, is my website just won the Queensland uh, Multimedia Awards Get as the, the best e-commerce uh, site in um, in the awards in Queensland, which is pretty, and it's a presenter site basically. A- so, um, check it out, guys, andrewgriffiths.com.au. Well done, mate. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, congrats to my uh, my website developers, Precedence. Uh, they put it in the categories and it won as pretty hotly contended topics. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. I blogged that. about this the other day, about this concept of awards. Um, mm. if, if you if you win one, share it. You know, sing it from Absolutely. the rooftops. Don't not not in a way that's kind of sicking, like the Andrew did. I mean, that was fairly sickening the way he kind of just rattled <laughs> on about that. But I mean, and opportunistic, opportunistic, yeah, yeah. But but don't don't shy away from the fact um, it's not the be all and end all, but it is a good credentializer. Now, Griffo, what's what's uh, what's the next thing on your mind, mate? mate I want to ask you, what mm. are you too scared to, to to try doing <laughs> in your business? <laughs> it's a really good topic. It to is. Get isn't it? I'm really really glad you've posed this because. Fear, fear is a is a is not a good uh, companion it's in the world not. of small business. So, no. so you, tell me, tell me what made you put this question in there? Oh well, I am spending time now, uh, coming towards the end of the year, and planning. I want to make sure that my coming twelve months is actually full of things that. Uh, I enjoy doing, I know offer great value to my clients and where I can make a real difference. Now, some of those things aren't going to generate the biggest cash flow for my business, right? They're, they're, you know, yeah. there, are th- there are other things that I could do where it's going to earn me more dough, but it's going to it's going to be less fun. I'm not going to make the biggest impact, etc., etc. Um, and so there's a fear around ch- you know changing, following that stuff that I know I'm good at, and and but but I know it's the right thing to do. So while it scares me, I also know that it's it's the right thing to do. And I just think once again, you know, like uh, coming off sp- this recent speaking gig and and presenting just a truckload of new ways of marketing your business it can be scary and i and i saw that in 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 people's eyes and afterwards over the drinks after the session where they i'm scared to change i'm scared to change but mm-hmm. all i you know is that wonderful quote if you think what you've always thought you'll do what you've always done and if you do what you've always done you'll get what you've always got mm, and it's just, just fact isn't it it's fact it's fact and mm. um I just, I, I guess um, it, it's back to that rant up front where mm-hmm. there will be people saying, oh, really? Really? Including yourself. You, you, ourselves are the number one. Aren't they? Oh, you know, like yeah. Our inner monologue is, is, you know, can be scary at times. I mean, I, I just wrote an article this morning uh, for a client of mine is about talking about what happens when the phone stops ringing over Christmas and, and will it ever ring again? And we've all experienced that. You know, the metaphoric phone these days is, of course, email as well. But oh, I shut down for a couple of weeks at Christmas time. Is anyone ever going to contact me? Will I get any customers at all in the coming year? And, and and that's a really natural kind of a fear early on. I think as you've been in business for a while, you know, you you, you know the phone's going to ring again. You, you get a little bit more, a little bit more reassured. But it takes a while. 
to actually to to to, to become comfortable with that. Um, it, it's a challenging one, that's for sure. So, hey, another interesting thing that I think is quite um, scary yeah. when it comes to business is actually sacking a customer or sacking yeah, yeah. a client that yeah. is really not. Uh, Kind of not playing the game or really not helping your business. Now, I know this This is another one of those ones where there has been a fair bit of discussion around this in the last year or two. I mean, I've been talking about this for many years is, is there are times we've got to say to people, hey, I just don't think we can work together. The, the, the key is because for whatever reason, it might be they're too difficult, it might be that they're, um, they're too demanding, it might be that they don't want to pay, it might be that they keep selling you this big dream. It's their dream, not your dream. You know, your job is to provide a product or a service. Don't buy into other people's dreams is the first thing I'd say there. But to know when to sack a customer. And uh, and I think if if we get good at, at or even not, not even engaging with them, you know, in the early stages, being able to say, look, I know I'm not going to be able to meet this person's expectations. I know I'm not going to want to work with this person or this company. I, it's better off to say that up front. Mm. So I say it's great to, to have a good way of saying no. Mm. You know, work out how you can say no to people early on rather than you get it involved and it gets messy, gets ugly, and the, 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 you know, in the divorce you lose more than just the house. So, have you got you something? That, I think it's a great point too. And Have you got something right now that you're going, oh, I, just, I don't think I can do it? I know I should, but I don't think I can do it. Uh, for, for me, it's uh, it's a big one. At the moment, I, I do quite a lot of consulting work and I need to really say no to consulting mm-hmm. work, at least limit it to one, maybe two clients as a maximum mm-hmm. in the coming year. Now, consulting has been really the backbone of my business for many years, and uh, but now, of course, there's so many other things that I'm doing that I really don't need to consult as much, but I, I still struggle to let go of it because... I get so much work coming to me from that direction that it's mm. it's it's easy to be honest. It's mm. safe because I write marketing plans on my ear. It's um you know it's all of those kind of things. But as much as it's safe and all that other kind of you know excuses that I have there, the things that excite me, the things that rock my boat, the thing that's things that I'm really get you know jump out of bed to want to do all those little indicators. Uh, it's not consulting. It's everything else. It's doing stuff like this. It's it's coming up with my next book. It's it's teaching people how to write books. It's mm. presenting. It's and. And I think being brave enough to listen to that and having a go is is really what it's all about. But it is scary. So you're going to do it? Big. You're going to honour that? Absolutely. I'm going to limit myself to two consulting clients next year hmm. maximum. And I normally have about 10 or 15 at any one time. Yeah, so, right. uh, And I'm really looking forward to that. So they're great. Good Love concept. It, think about it. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, we, wow, look at the time. We are rocking th- we've rocked through some topics. Got a couple more to go. Let's see how we go, Griffo. Okay, Otherwise, mate. we can save them over till next time. But... Um, let's talk about getting a little creative when it comes to thanking clients. Now, there's mm. two things there. Well, there's a lot of things there. Number one, thanking clients. <laughs> Crazy mm. concept. So, mm. good thing to do. And, in fact, um, I'll share what I did this week in regards to that little creative idea. Um, but, you know, I think we forget to thank clients. So, number one, action point, thank clients. Get on the phone now. Stop this podcast, ring a client, thank them for the business, have no other agenda. Um, mm, absolutely. And and creativity, um, definition of creativity is doing something different. So, d- mm-hmm. changing the way you've gone about something. And I think... When we hear that word, and I ran a marketing innovation session yesterday for a client, and uh, I was talking about, you know, why don't why don't we be more innovative? Why don't we be more creative? We don't think we are. 
Uh, mm. You know, I hear that all the time, you know. so oh, we, me too, all the time. We're not creative. No, we're not creative. Yeah, really? No, no, absolutely we are. Gosh, you know, like we are, <laughs> as, as human beings, we are emotional, creative creatures and, and life has gotten the way of, of actually doing that. We kind of err on the rational. But we are creative. We should thank clients. Um, I'll share my idea after you share yours, mate. What do you, what do, you do to creatively well, thank them? I think again, just to reinforce what you're saying there, I think that, that you're right. This is a this is a bigger statement than it seems like. People don't thank their existing customers enough. You know what? You, how many times you actually go into a, just a general kind of a shop to buy something, and do you really get a sincere thank you for for choosing to, to use that mm. business? We are not very good at saying thank you. Restaurants are generally not very good at it, from my experience. Many retailers are not. When you actually do find someone who is genuinely appreciative of your business, man, you really stop and notice it. And this is part of that whole engagement process. So first and foremost, further to what Tim was saying, we, we have to get really good at saying thank you, but we also need to go out of our out of our way to do it. And again, as Tim said, pick up the phone and ring someone for no reason other than to say thank you. Mm. I'm not ringing you to chase more work. I'm not ringing you to do anything but to say thank you. I appreciate you. I know you've got a choice. You've chosen my business and for that, you know, I'm eternally grateful. I, I, a friend of mine, uh, well, he's a friend now, you know, but he was a client of mine um, and he's a professional photographer and now uh, I'm a client of his and uh, I get him to do some work for us. And, and he sent me a letter recently just saying, a handwritten letter saying thank you for, for the business. And it was just a really heartfelt thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, for being a client of mine, um, for helping me to grow my business. And and uh, and I've Beautiful. still got that letter. And, and, and I think I'll probably keep it forever because yep. it was so heartfelt. And uh, and that is a rarity. People don't, you know, do those kind of things. I, I, I'm a big believer in, in going out of your way to really thank people and do things in a nice way. And, and look, for me, it is like, um, you know, opportune times, the likes of Christmas, end of financial year, something like that. I use, you know, Christmas as an example. For me, I, I'll, I'll get gingerbread houses made specifically for my clients. You know, it's something yeah. a little bit unusual, a little bit different. But it's, it. again, it, it's, they're unique for my clients and that's what I'll go and do. Or um, with my publishers, I, I would regularly send them like 101. My book series was 101 back then, 101 cupcakes done with little Santa faces on them, you know, that kind of thing. And here's 101, you know, excuses to say or ways to say yep. thank you for your support during the year, all those kind of things. A cheap bottle of Plonk. Uh, I mean, at one stage, mm. I had 200 cheap bottles of Plonk in my cupboard yeah, that I boring. just gave away. Boring. You know, it's like, yeah. really? You know, a movie ticket's a nice idea, but really, it is I, not I, I about think, how much you spend. It's not. I, I think a gift that is personal uh, yeah, is, is, is a good thing that actually is for the client and or their partner that they can do in their own time. Um, I think that's a good idea. I think books, I mean, I really just think if you can mm. identify, if you know that the client's into surfing or into architecture or into whatever they're into, just go and find that beautiful $40, $50 book and, and send it to them with a note in the front cover. I did a simple one this week, mate, where I literally, back to my concept of marketing, I... Um, I sent a client a video and thanked them. It goes for for three minutes, 26 nice. seconds. I'm having a look at it now. Um, I, I literally opened up Photo Booth uh, on my Mac. I hit record um, and then I uploaded it to my YouTube channel and listed it as unlisted. So mm-hmm. only people with the public, link yeah. can see it. 
and um, I just sent it to them. And it was literally me talking to camera. That is it. But it was a heartfelt thank you. And and uh, I know how much they appreciated it. They left a comment in my on, in the in the comment section of the of the mm-hmm. video on YouTube. And man, that's so simple to do. Mate, well, and funny you should mention surfing because I was going to use an example here where a friend of mine sent uh, sent one a small business that he, that he did quite a bit of work with. He, he paid for them to all go and have surfing lessons. Oh, great! And the whole yeah, group yeah. got together. He went down as well early in the morning. Those who wanted to, of course. Yep. And uh, there was only I think six people in the other company, and they all went down. So at six o'clock in the morning, they're all having the surf lesson, having you get together on the beach. It cost him. I think it might have been four or five hundred dollars, but he, you know, gets hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of business out of this small company. It's like, you know, they're just so tight, and and I think that's exactly it, isn't it? Kind of showing that you've really thought about it, showing that you appreciate the fact that these people have got a choice. Everyone has got a choice, more choice than ever, and uh, and we all like to be appreciated. We all like to know that someone has not taken a moment to say, hey, you know, thanks, Tim. This is this is my way of saying thank you. It's just something little, but it's personal, and uh, and I, I think that we got to get great at doing that, not just good at it, not even a bit of taking thought. We got to be great at it, and uh, it's a really great marketing tool. But don't do it for that reason. It's a nice bonus, mm. but um, you know, most people again, it, it, it's just done a cheap card with random signatures all over it. Like they sat down <laughs> oh, and, and written just get a signature to two hundred people. Don't even send a card. Nah. Don't bother. If you're going to do that. Do not you know, bother. Make a donation to a charity. Correct. Right? Send the money to a good cause. A- a- absolutely. So, but Griffo, uh, yeah, anyway. Griffo, now, listen, mate, in the spirit of, of keeping these well, they're not brief. Um, we've got one topic. <laughs> We're going to put that topic over to the next episode of Funny sure, Business, mate. which is all about how to overcome business setbacks, and we'll have a whole lot of other stuff to talk about by then as well. But, mate, uh, it has been a pleasure as always, um, I, I want a photo of you sitting on Green Island, hanging off the hammock. You'll have the the shirt and tie on and the boardies, and, <laughs> and um, I, I look forward to that. But uh, listeners, um, there'll be plenty of stuff in the show notes in terms of what we've spoken about, any links we've covered. But um, Griffo, lovely to hear, to hear your voice. See you next time. Thanks, mate. And very nice to hear about your stilettos and your fetish for touching tables. It's We've gone very goodbye. deep and personal on this one. We're, we're, you guys are all finding out way too much about Goodbye. Both. Goodbye. <laughs> See you, Bye, mate. Timbo. See you, folks. Thanks for listening in, everyone. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that as much as Griffo and I enjoyed putting it together. Lots of great interviews coming up, one a week, every Tuesday is my aim, and love bringing them to you. If you want to work with me uh, on a in a mastermind environment where I get a group of motivated small business owners together every Tuesday, go to deepdivemastermind.com and you'll find out exactly how you can do that and improve your marketing and grow your business all in one foul swoop. Until next time, love your work. Love your marketing. Thanks for joining in. See ya. You've been listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reed. Want more marketing goodness? Then visit smallbusinessbigmarketing.com.